0: Can't help it, I'm like a Celtic. I can't help it nah, I can't help it now. Nah, I can't help it, I'm like a Celtic, I can't help it, I'm like a Celtic. Alright, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day recap. It is just 24 hours after the Celtics lost. Actually, it's less than that, only about 18. Uh, but you get the point. I thought I'd have a little bit of time before I was going to have some big news that we wanted to talk about, but here we are. The day after the Celtics lose to the Nets, Danny Ainge announces his retirement. Brad Stevens announced his replacement as president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. We've got a lot going on within the Celtics organization at this point. Danny has talked about how he's going to help Brad uh, really kind of transition into this new role. Uh, and then obviously we still have Zarin and Austin uh, kind of within the GM and assistant GM roles. Uh, so this is, it's just an odd time for Celtics fans. Danny Ainge is no longer. So before I dive into kind of head coaching, position because obviously now that Brad's not there as the head coach that role needs to get filled. But I do want to pay homage to Danny Ainge here for just a bit because this year I don't want it to tarnish the legacy that he has left behind in this Celtics organization because he has done a number of incredible moves was one of the top GMs in the entire NBA for a long time. And I don't think that this year really put that into perspective. It's a tough season with you know COVID, all the injuries that we had, and it looked like the Celtics just weren't built the right way. And a lot of that, I mean, I'm not saying all of it is injuries. I'm not saying that. Danny Ainge probably could have put a little bit more depth on this team. But you look at really the the way Gordon Hayward left, it leaves the Celtics in a tough spot. But looking back to some of Danny Ainge's acquisitions here, and I'll start with the more recent stuff, right? I mean, Jason Tatum, he traded down when we had the top pick, which almost seemed like a no-brainer for Markel Fultz. That was the overall like easy pick for number one. Obviously, massive bust. Jason, instead he traded down to three and drafted Jason Tatum. Massive play. A couple of years before that, Jalen Brown, he was not regarded as a top three pick. Danny Ainge saw potential in him. Love that his attitude wasn't strictly basketball, and that served him well. The guy has a higher work ethic than 98% of the guys in this league, and I truly believe that. The improvements that we've seen from Jalen Brown are just massive, massive, massive jumps every year. So, those are two massive, like incredibly important pieces that are still on the Celtics team today, right? Moving past just today and what's impacting the team now, you go back to 2008. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. It's Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Arguably one of the best trades in Celtics history. Uh, That might be a stretch, but in recent history, that led to a championship in 2008. And not only did it lead to a championship, it also led to the beginning of a million draft picks that we got after trading KG as well. Uh, at, at the time, that was a, it was a tough move. We were moving on from you know one of our top guys, an Antoine Walker. It was a tough move. We obviously got a perennial all-star in Kevin Garnett, and he drastically changed The defensive mindset of the Celtics. He drastically changed really what it meant to be a team. And you saw the instant change. And it led to a championship. It it could have been multiple, you know, pending injuries. But what Danny's done is spectacular. And a lot of people are looking back at, you know, this year and saying that. His legacy has changed, and I don't think it should. I don't think it's fair. You know, outside of those guys, he brought Isaiah Thomas in. I know a lot of people aren't going to give him credit for that either because it was a trade, and at that point, he was already playing well in Sacramento. Uh, but this is a guy that was drafted 60th, like last pick in the NBA draft. And he came in and was an MVP candidate. Led us to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did his job. Isaiah Thomas was, you know, the heart and soul of that team back when he was here. Uh, I truly like. That's just another example of an unbelievable move that he made. I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me when I say this, but Kemba Walker was another great addition. The salary that he got maybe is a is a little high, but if Kemba Walker never got hurt. This is a this is a Kemba Walker that was an all-star with us the first year he was with us. Like, he was playing unbelievable basketball. Nobody was complaining about trading for Kemba then. Absolutely nobody. We got Kyrie Irving. Again, didn't work out. You can't really blame Ainge for Kyrie just having a crazy attitude and screwing the Celtics over. But another huge move. He signed Al Horford. He signed Gordon Hayward. All of these moves, like he's done more big ticket moves than almost any GM in the NBA. He really has. And I know a lot of people say, oh, he doesn't make mid season trades. So be it. Danny Ainge has made several incredible moves. As the GM of this Celtics team. And he deserves a hell of a lot of credit. And it's a sad day when you see him go. I mean you look kind of back at some of the stuff that they've talked about. Like at the press conference today. You know both Wick Rouseback and Steve Pagliuca both said. This, is, this was Danny Ainge's move. And it was his decision and his decision only. Like neither of them. Supported it. Neither of them wanted it to happen. They both asked him to reconsider. And ultimately it just came down to Danny Ainge deciding it was time to leave. Danny Ainge also talked during the press conference about the fact that, you know, it started about two years ago after having the heart attack. That he started really reconsidering what he was going to do. He wanted to spend more time with family. He also made a couple jokes about needing to improve his golf game. I'm obviously not going to say that's the reason he moved on. Uh, but a lot of it can be you know, family-related. Danny Andrew is 62. He's been with the Celtics for a massive part of his, his career, his life. As a player, as a GM, he's been, for the, he's been with the Celtics for a long time. It's 62 years old. Maybe it is time to hang it up, right? At this point, like, we're looking forward to, you know, Brad Stevens kind of taking over, right? Wick Rosbeck said this during the press conference as well. We've gotten to know Brad over the last eight years, gotten to understand his brilliance. He was at the table with Danny for all of our roster decisions over the last eight years. Brad's fingerprints and DNA are on this team with putting it together. And I think that right there, that statement, is something that surprised me a little bit. I didn't think that Brad Stevens was a guy that was sitting at the table with Danny on all of these. You know, a a lot of NBA teams, NBA coaches aren't aren't involved in all of these decisions. And if this is the case and Brad Stevens has been at the table for all these negotiations, for all the talks and trying to build this roster like that goes to show that this might have been kind of in the mix a while back right i don't think this is something that that happened just on a whim i mean it, the first thing that comes to mind thinking about brad taking over is back in you know right before the the deadline with the whole head coaching position when there were a lot of rumors around that Brad Stevens was thinking about becoming the, or I guess, rumored to be in the talks for the Indiana head coaching job. And then also at the Duke head coaching job. Like these are all things that looking back on now, Brad had to have known this. Like all those rumors are just crazy at this point, right? You look at kind of the way that the, the whole entire thing planned out or played out, it's just it's kind of crazy to think that a couple months ago or a couple days ago even, a lot of Celtics fans were calling for Brad's job and instead of being fired instead of <laughs> instead of leaving the Celtics organization, he gets a massive promotion and is now in charge of finding the new head coach. Uh, and he's also tasked with finding, you know, the right pieces to fit around the Jays. You know, during the press conference, John Corrales talked to Brad Stevens about, you know, the big change that's about to happen in his career. Uh, but he's been around these players for a long time now. Some of them, I mean, Marcus Smart, obviously being the longest tenured, but you know, he's built a relationship. With these guys. And John Corrales asked Brad Stevens, you know, after having built that relationship, how is it going to be, you know, making those hard decisions on who's going to stay, who's going to go? And I think Brad put it pretty eloquently. He basically said, one of the things that I learned working with Danny Ainge all these years is that, you know, whether or not a player is with our team, the relationship doesn't have to die. And I think that is a great way of wording it because he's still leaving the door open. Like, guys, I'm going to make moves at some point. But at the end of the day, I like, I respect my relationships, but my job is my job. And his job is now tasked with finding players to fit alongside the two Js. You know, it's... It's a huge move. It's a huge move, like eighteen hours after the season ends. Uh, but you know, at this point, you gotta you gotta wonder where that head coaching nod goes to. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk on you know potential replacements. We've heard Chauncey Billups. We've heard Sam Cassell. We've heard Jawan Howard. Becky Hammond, Jay Laranega, Jason Kidd, Jay Wright, Jerome Allen, Monty Williams, Carol Lawson, Micah Shrewsbury. Like, there's a, a lot of heads floating around. And as far as, like, all of the other players, everyone else that they've interviewed, uh, we've heard a lot of different people's thoughts, right? Scal came on, said that his frontrunner would be Carol Lawson. Which, honestly, makes a lot of sense. She coached with the Celtics. She was an assistant coach. She ended up leaving because she wanted to be a head coach. Right? So she went back. She went to college. Well, became a head coach in college. But the guys respected her. She's a brilliant basketball mind. Scale went on to say how much all of the guys respected her. That's a name. Another female, if we're trying to stick with the, you know, the narrative of the first NBA female head coach, Becky Hammond's another one. She's coached with Greg Popovich. She's been an assistant coach there for a couple of years. Is uh, an immense amount of respect from the players. Again, great basketball mind. And being tutelaged by, you know, Greg Popovich certainly doesn't hurt. Right? So those are two, like, female leads that would be a big help. Then you look at some of the ex-players that have been rumored. you got Chauncey Billups, Jason Kidd, and then I guess if you look a little bit past, Chauncey Billups I think is probably the, the best one in my eyes. I mean, you talk about a guy that was a floor general at – at his best, like he is that guy, Chauncey Billups, Big Shot Billups. He's been in a lot of important games. He knows what it's like to battle in the playoffs. The guy is a genius on the basketball court. Like I think, I think Chauncey Billups could be a huge, a huge addition. He was in the Eastern Conference for his his career. Uh, for a bulk of his career in Detroit, uh, could be a massive, massive plug for the Celtics. You know, you look at Jason Kidd, he's another one. Incredible floor generals, been an assistant coach for a little bit, has the respect of players. He's a guy that has a little bit more controversy surrounding him with, you know, incidents outside of basketball. Uh, But he's another brilliant basketball bind. Sam Cassell, he's a guy that won a championship with the Celtics. Like, these are guys that could come in and potentially just spark something within these guys. And again, all three of those, like, there are a lot of potential replacements that make sense. Are any of them going to be as good as Brad Stevens? I don't know. I don't know. I personally think Brad Stevens is a great coach. He deserves a lot of respect, and he got it. I mean, obviously, he deserved a lot of respect. They deserve. They respected him enough that they offered him a president of basketball operations job. So clearly, people think pretty highly of him. You know, you look at guys like Jay Laranega, Micah Shrewsbury, those are other guys that have coached here, coached with the Celtics, that probably deserve a lot. And then actually Jerome Allen, too, that already know a lot of these guys and have the respect of the team also. Jerome Allen's been with the team for a while. Same with Jay Laranega. I personally love Micah Shrewsbury for the job as well. He's a defensive-minded coach, was with the Celtics for, I want to say it was five years. Uh, Might have even been six or seven, but was with the Celtics for a while. And honestly, he was the one that was the defensive-minded coach that really led the Celtics to, you know, a top five defense the last couple of years, despite not having a bunch of big names. You know, you saw Micah Shrewsbury leave, wasn't on the team this year, and the Celtics' defense dropped off a bunch. I'm not saying all of that is due to Micah Shrewsbury. I'm not going to sit here and be naive like that. But I don't think it's a coincidence. The Celtics' defense with Micah Shrewsbury was fantastic. And things changed, right? You know, we talked to, well, not me personally, but they talked to Mike Gorman earlier as well. He mentioned Monty Williams, another guy that has some head coaching experience. So there's a there's a lot on the table. And honestly, I'm expecting a decision in the next couple days. I might be right here doing another podcast in a couple days with you guys talking about our new head coach. I don't think this is going to be a decision that Brad sits on for long. Uh, because realistically, you have the offseason coming up, you've got you got to get the head coach kind of lined up figuring out what the draft class looks like. Like, this is a job that should start pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised, I would not be surprised at all if a decision comes down in the next couple days. Like, and this is a, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time for the Celtics because – there's going to be a lot of things moving. And I think it's pretty apparent that this roster will be like stirred up a bunch. So I'm going to continue to, to keep you guys updated here. Like I said on the last podcast, if you're not following the Boston Celtics Till I Die Facebook page, make sure to go follow that because I've been posting a bunch on there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Uh And... Stay tuned because we've got a lot of stuff coming. I'll give a, a full recap on whoever the new head coach is, what my thoughts are, where I think he'll fit, what I guess he, he was going to bring to the team. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. We'll have other podcasts dropping soon. Besides that, stay tuned, guys. Have a good night, Celtics fans. We'll stay. T- we'll stay in touch. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it now. I can't help it now. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.